Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. This week, we have another episode. Uh, this is our last episode before the Super Bowl, uh, so the season is about to come to an end. Don't worry. We're going to still keep you guys up with the coverage all throughout the offseason every week. Today, we're going to be going over the Lions trading Matthew Stafford to the LA Rams, getting back Goff and two first-round picks in return. We're going to be talking a little bit about if Deshaun Watson will actually be traded, what Ryan Pace could potentially do in the draft to get a good quarterback. Uh, Derek Carr has some trade rumors floating out around him as well. Of course, this episode, as it seems like many of them are completely revolved around the quarterback position, uh, that's going to be the main focus for the Bears this offseason, so it kind of makes sense. Then we're going to be talking about some free agents that the Chicago Bears are reportedly eyeing, uh, including Kenny Galladay, Sammy Watkins, and Corey Davis. Talking a little bit about their contracts and how they could fit the team. Then we're going to wrap up the show with talking very quickly about J.J. Watt potentially getting out of Houston as well and why he might have his eyes set on the Chicago Bears. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again. Again, if you're one of our podcast listeners, we thank you so much. You guys are one of our most loyal listeners. This is episode 60, so we're getting up there. Uh, We continue to grow and grow and grow. Uh, If you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and check that out as well. Thank you guys so much and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. Man, it's been a pretty eventful week for... Uh, a non-football playing Sunday, the Pro Bowl Sunday. It's been an eventful week. Yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. I didn't pay attention to a second of the uh, Pro Bowl festivities, to be honest with you. I Mm-mm. think I saw like one highlight clip from the Madden game that they played, and uh, it was uh, about all I really needed to see. That that was probably yeah. <laughs> not that the Pro Bowl is ever gripping or entertaining at all, but I, I think that was probably the best phoned-in performance of all time. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like just, oh, we're going to promote one of our products and everyone is going to have to watch it too. It's not like, I know there are some people who like, like to watch Madden on YouTube, but man, that's just not me. Not me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not me either. And I, I, you know, I get it. I get why people like to watch it. I mean, I like to watch some gaming things on YouTube, but you know, at the same time, it's just like uh, typical and it's just making something worse. Like we could do a whole video on what makes the Pro Bowl bad and, you know, everything that's wrong with it. <laughs> you know, I'd really just like them to either just get rid of it or do some kind of like major revamp because it's really lost what it had or if it ever really had anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's it was like a good idea, but like they there just is really no incentive. I know that they do have like some sort of incentive associated with it, like very minimal amounts of money. I think it's like $75,000 if you're the winning team and $45,000 if you're the losing team. And you're like, what's thirty? a difference of $30,000 to guys who make, some of these guys make 30 million in a year. I mean, it's nothing. You know, I had an idea a couple of years ago. I don't know if they're going to do it, but if if they did a larger sum of money and then the winners got to donate it to like a charity of choice, I think that would you know, then they'd look like at least bad people if they didn't play. <laughs> right. I, I mean, and why not? I mean, that kind of just makes sense. I know like all a lot of these shows that feature celebrities in them now kind of do that because no one really wants to see celebrities win money. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you have them win like some kind of charity prize. And I mean, it's kind of a win-win for everyone. So that kind of surprises me that they haven't done something like that already, especially with how the NFL likes to promote you know, they've promoted mm-hmm. a lot of decent charitable causes and a lot of people question, you know, the NFL's like morality and social good and justice. But at the same time, they have they always donated a lot of money to charitable causes. So it's odd that they mm-hmm. never wrap that into it. Yeah, it you know, maybe the NFL needs to hire us as consultants or something. Maybe they I can make so. their the we'll make them the money that they make by uh, copywriting our videos and placing <laughs> placing ads on them and some and exactly. they just need to you know that's it uh anyways man uh it, it's it's been an eventful week i mean we we talked about did we talk about the Desai hiring last week yeah we did yeah i mean it's it's something that as i sit on i like more and more ultimately but i wanted to uh you know we're i think we're gonna make this a weekly segment now that we get so many comments on our youtube but i wanted to uh point to a fine gentleman named john <laughs> ryan who left this comment on our sean desai uh, hi, uh hiring uh 
podcast, which was really like a two minute instant reactions. Uh, by the way, we've been killing it on YouTube. If you guys aren't subscribed there, please do. Uh, also, please also continue supporting us on the podcast because there's a ton of topics that we cover on the podcast that we don't put on YouTube. I think we should probably tell our YouTube audience that too. Uh, but That's I mean, a good point. <laughs> we should probably think things like that through. But anyways, uh, do your homework, knucklehead. This is John Ryan, by the way. Do your homework, knucklehead. Desai was a Mark Tressman hire. He was quality control up to 2019. Our safeties have sucked. Eddie Jackson has had his worst two seasons of his career under this guy. You use the same thinking as Whoopi Goldberg that thinks Jill Biden should be Surgeon General. Uh, and then... <laughs> And then he we, he comes back to uh, he he comes back to us uh, at the end and he, he after a brief conversation about it and more instances of mentioning Joe Biden and Whoopi Goldberg he says where is Doctor Jill Biden with my Xanax <laughs> you, know, you know seems like this guy has a couple other things on his mind when watching you know our Sean Desai video um, what? but. I appreciate I, the things like that. What I will say about it is in terms of Desai, he technically didn't say anything that's incorrect. Like, yes, he, <laughs> he was brought into the Bears organization during the Mark Trussman era. Yes. And, you know, when he was the safeties coach, Eddie Jackson did probably have the two worst years of his young career so far. With that being said, I think he'll be a good hire. And, you know, I can't really speak to the whole Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> part of that. But, you know, that's that's the greatness of, you know, having a YouTube and getting to interact with our fans. Because even like that, you know, honestly, reading these comments brighten my day all the time. I, I love to interact with the fans and, and talk about the bears. And sometimes, you know, just stumble across some just YouTube gold. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is really one of those like the funniest part of doing what we do is interacting with some of you guys i mean that's the coolest part about it is interacting with you guys interact creating creating a community but man you like some obviously with youtube it's not a super like tight-knit community like a lot of the people who listen to podcasts you know most of the people that listen to our podcast listen to it every single podcast which i mean that's insane thank you guys so much for doing that but on YouTube, because of the way the search engine works and you can stumble upon videos, you get a lot of different people, most of which I think like 90, 90% of our audience isn't subscribed. You just get some hilarious comments and uh, so, stuff like that is just so funny. And I mean, I'm not even, we're, we don't even get into politics, but I just think it's so funny because I feel like this guy, and if, he, if you're listening, man, that brightened my day. That was one of the <laughs> funniest comments I've ever read. And that, not even politically, just, I like to think this guy just came off of watching Whoopi Goldberg talking about Jill <laughs> Biden being Surgeon General and then hopped on our page and then was like, I'm going to criticize these people in the worst way possible. Honestly, I mean, there's a lot of pissed off Bears fans out there and, you know, they're consuming a lot of different media throughout the day. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? He was just watching NBC and then, you know, clicks on to our video and he's had it, you know, I mean, he's had it up here with the Bears. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we, you know, obviously we, we appreciate all feedback, all critical feedback, all good feedback. Uh, we just like that interaction, like talking with you guys. You know, the, the other funny comment that we get quite a bit is... I've been a Bears fan for 50, 60 years. years. Yeah. yeah and, and and nothing will change. <laughs> They're kind of giving us, giving us a fair warning that, you know, if we're going to continue down this path of content creation, that we shouldn't expect anything bright. No, nah, I mean, maybe they're time travelers, honestly. And, you know, we really mm -hmm. should just listen to them. There's, nothing's going to change. As long as the McCaskies are around, it's all going to go to hell. You know? maybe, maybe it's us from the future warning us and we're just declining that option right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, just like you know, they I, did to Mitchell Trubisky's contract. Yeah, decline. Exactly. Exactly. Just like Mitchell Trubisky, uh, you know, he got uh, he proposed to his girlfriend, you know, good for him. Yeah. Uh, of course, clearly the instant reaction from every single <laughs> fan in the world is at least she can get a ring, uh, yeah. you know, but uh, we don't need to get into that. Let's go <laughs> ahead and start off with the Lions. Uh, they traded for, sorry, they traded Matthew Stafford uh, for Jared Goff 
They got two first round picks and a future third in return. Uh, this news broke Saturday night. Um, I was actually at dinner at Maggiano's uh, and saw Jay Leno there as well. So that's kind of cool. But um, anyways, that's unrelated. I just had to You know, I had to mention Jay Leno, um, big fan. You know, maybe he listens to the podcast. I can only hope. Uh, but no, uh, the Lions, the Lions, they trade for Stafford or they trade Stafford. Man, you know, for the Lions, first off, I'll, I'll give my take on this. They got a haul in return. That is a lot of draft capital. Two firsts, a future third and a quarterback. You know, Jared Goff, we can say what we will. And I'm definitely happy we're going to be facing him instead of Stafford. Uh it's it that's still a lot obviously both of the first round picks are in future years um which kind of devalues it a little bit but at the end of the day for a team that's going for a long-term rebuild it's not really an issue that they're coming a little bit more down the line yeah i know a lot of people you know think that you know possibly golf could benefit in the system change that you know for whatever reason he would do better in a saints style system that dan campbell would bring over and we're just gonna have to wait and see on that i don't really see anything that would tell me that that would actually happen but you know it'll be you never really know until we actually see him performing and as for stafford going to the rams i mean yeah, it was a it was a monumental move. Of course, you know there was kind of a lot that came out of it as far as what teams were interested in him, what teams he didn't want to go to, which were basically just the the Patriots because Patricia was back there. So he was like, <laughs> "No, nah, I don't want any more of that." And uh, you know, it ends up with McVeigh and the Rams, which you have to say is you know a very intriguing combination. I think people are excited to see what they can do. Um, you know as opposed to what maybe some other people will say, I don't think this quite makes them instant Super Bowl contenders. I think mm-hmm. it puts them in the mix. It makes them lethal. But at the same time, you know, yeah, they've really mortgaged their future. I think, what, all the way up until 2024, they don't have any first-round draft picks, which, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. And it's definitely a, a win-now move. And I think people applaud the Rams for doing that. But, hey, they need the result in order for it to work out. And, you know, they're kind of hinging any, everything upon it uh and you know Les Snead not someone who's been a great drafter in the past to begin with but it's just this team you know the Rams in general as the way that they kind of built their team uh it's kind of built like a fantasy team where you have the good guys at the top which now are you know Stafford will throw in there uh Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey but then once it <laughs> once you hit there, I mean, you have guys like Cooper Cup who are good, uh, but right. man, who really is worth else? Who really else is worth mentioning on that team? There's not a whole bunch of names there. It's a, and that's ultimately why I don't think that they're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that adding Matthew Stafford. I think it will make this offense better, but I think really as a team, what they've missed the most is just overall depth in general like just having a team that has a lot of depth and i know they had the number one defense technically in the nfl last season but i attribute most of that to staley and not really the players on that team uh it's just there's not a whole whole bunch of guys to write home about yeah i I agree with you i think they have depth issues as well as you know I don't think they've ever really they haven't run into huge offensive problems like the Bears I mean Mm -mm. you know when the Bears and the Rams play you know it's not really going to be a shootout it's basically always a defensive standoff but you know with that being said they can float up into the upper 30s you know a good amount still you Mm -hmm. know earlier on in McVay's time they were still getting up into the 50s with Goff at quarterback which was ridiculous Um, with that being said their defense it's just never meshed well nothing's ever kind of clicked mm-hmm. at the same time for them which you know as a team is a very important thing it, you, you can it's a problem that the bears ran into at, at many points within this past season you know think about when Foles was playing quarterback the defense was playing some of its best football and mm-hmm. then you know right when the offense started picking up again the defense started falling off and some of that's attributed to injuries and you know overall fatigue and other things but you know getting both the kind of the whole team to coalesce and work together and be playing at the same level is a huge part about, you know, actually making deep runs into the playoffs and 
consistently doing that. And with the Rams, they haven't ever really kind of struck that chord except the one year they made the Super Bowl and they ended up falling short. And I think that they are going to be a better team. And I think the offense is going to look really good with Stafford. But my biggest question is like how much better? Because we have to remember a lot of the a lot of the plays that McVay uses, a lot of his scheme overall is developed so that it takes the load essentially off of the quarterback position. It's a lot of rollouts, RPOs, you know, very similar to the Saints style scheme. Um, it, it's not it's not a more, you know, traditional West Coast scheme like what Matt Nagy and Andy Reid run. It's actually quite different. Um, it kind of emphasizes low expectations on the quarterback, which is almost polar opposite to what Matt Nagy scheme does. I don't know just how much better this makes this team. I don't know if you add Matthew Stafford to this Rams team that went into Green Bay, if you get a different outcome this past year. I really don't think you do, personally. Um, But, you know, it's hard because Matthew Stafford is 33 years old. And now you're talking about Matthew Stafford, who isn't going to age like a fine wine like Tom Brady has. He's going to age more like Phillip Rivers where he kind of just hit, in, in my opinion at least, because he's experienced so many damn injuries throughout his career. He plays through a lot of them too, which is probably even worse. I just, I don't know, man. I, I think that it made sense for a team like the 49ers who was filled with young talent that, you know, if you give two first-round picks, it's like, hey, we already have enough talent to overcompensate that. Or especially a team like the Colts, I cannot believe they did not make that move it, it didn't even seem like they were that interested in making that move period I don't know man it, it it's a good move for the Rams but I just I don't personally I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford yeah the Rivers comparison as far as career longevity I think is is spot on and you know to kind of play devil's advocate I guess I think you could argue the other side that Stafford you know maybe he does let McVay kind of add in some new complexities some new wrinkles that maybe he'd been wanting to throw in but you're right you know in general in general his scheme is kind of rooted in that way and there is some overlap that we do see some similarities between you know the west coast offense and McVay's system but you know I'd say McVay's usually more dependent on you know three wide receiver sets uh, you know, spreading out the field a, a bit more. And in general, you know, in the college game where that kind of style was used more heavily earlier on, that was to make the quarterback's life easier. So, I, you know, right, getting Stafford can only do so much for them. And, you know, they just have to go out there and do it, though. I mean, at this point, they're going to have mm-hmm. to load up in free agency. They are going to be taking on some bad contracts in for you know going on for their future here. I mean, they're really mortgaging a, a lot in order to go out there and get it done. And I think that perhaps more teams should expect their teams to go out there and do this because there are windows for like success for these teams. And that's kind of you know to draw this back to the Bears. I think the Bears have respond or have kind of had a lot of the same issues as far as. You know, the windows have always just been kind of weird. Like, I feel like the Bears have got themselves in an interesting position where, you know, they always just seem to be drafting quarterbacks in a year that someone on that staff could be fired. And it's just, it's all about lining things up. And, you know, I think the Rams feel like they have an opportunity right now to, you know, they have good players on board and maybe not so much depth. But hey, you know, you get a season where you don't rack up too many injuries, then next thing you know, you're right in the mix. So I think that's really what they're ultimately banking on. And that's all they can do at this point. Yeah. And supposedly, I mean, there's been a lot of conflicting reports as far as the Bears interest in Stafford. Some people said they offered a first round pick. Albert Breer came out and said they offered two first round picks for Stafford. At the end of the day, they the Lions prioritized not keeping Stafford in the division. Uh, way higher than you know anything else which you know it's understandable I I think that trading a player within division is a very difficult thing to sell ownership on sell fans on a, a lot of it so you know it's interesting to see that the Bears were that interested in Stafford and how aggressive that they appear that they will be going into 
you know, other trade possibilities. We'll talk a little bit about Watson in a minute. Uh, but specifically the draft is what I look at. Um, it seems like they're really willing to, you know, give up a little bit in the future to get their guy now. Yeah, I think that, you know, every part of what makes the NFL interesting is that, you know, every team kind of has its own scheme for its way that it wants to go about, you know, getting to success. And, you know, the Rams, you know, with Kroenke as their owner, you know, knowing kind of what he does as far as his ownership role, he's gone all out with, you know, the Rams and and getting them in a very win-now mentality. I think that's kind of been that way since McVay. I think they've figured out that he is their guy they're not going to give up on him anytime soon and they're looking to maximize you know his stay at that team I mean who knows how long McVay will be the coach for the Rams maybe we'll be talking Mm -hmm. 10 20 years down the line he's so young he could still very much be be doing it (laughs) he'll be like 55 at that point (laughs) right exactly and it's just you know they're doing things differently than other teams in the league would do it and you know they are having some decent success but at the same time you know still no rings to show for it and at least they made it in there to give it a chance but you know you can only fall short so many times and I'm not saying that McVeigh will be fired if this whole Stafford thing goes wrong but you know if it doesn't work out he's definitely have a little bit of attention on him. Yeah, and I think that the if you look at the Super Bowl, I think you put Matthew Stafford in there, and it's a completely different situation uh, back then. Again, it's going to be a process to get to that Super Bowl because, you know, the NFC is getting good uh, with guys like, you know, T- Tom Brady, what he's doing in Tampa Bay down there. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still going to be in the playoffs probably every single year. It's it's gonna be difficult to make it through the NFC without a really good quarterback, and I, you know, I think Matthew Stafford is a really good quarterback. I think he's probably like the tenth best quarterback in the NFL, maybe even a little bit higher than that. Uh, he he's good. He but here's here's the other thing is that you're asking him to take you over the hump, but at the same time, he's never won a playoff game in his career. Yeah. So never. so that that's the confusing that's the confusing aspect about it. And I don't blame the Rams for trading for Stafford. I think Goff is a pretty bad quarterback, in my opinion. I think he's a terrible quarterback. Um, but the the fact that they get to upgrade at quarterback, great. But Rams fans, you know, I don't. You can kind of cool it down a little bit. I don't think that Matthew Stafford is gonna like take you to the Super Bowl. I don't. I don't think we're at that point yet. Unless you put the, a good enough team around him. So we're going to have to see on that. Maybe they'll add some pieces in free agency. And, you know, ultimately, uh, the first the first time number one picks have ever been traded for each other, Goff and Stafford. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, that, no, that is crazy, especially with, you know, how long the NFL has been going on at this point, at least even in the Super Bowl era. We're on 55 now. So we're, we're really starting mm-hmm. to get up there in the in the numbers so we yeah, are i mean pretty remarkable we are we are uh okay so will our next topic let's go ahead and move on i just want to talk about will deshaun watson be traded because right now you know we we voiced in the past you said i think you said you were 75 percent sure at first i was a little more hesitant and then i came along and i think i was even more positive than you were for a little bit that he's going to be traded and then it's kind of it, it's a, it's this whole cycle you know, it's not it's not really uh, uh, that simple right now. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the the Watts uh, the Houston ownership. I mean, we might as well call them the Watson ownership because that's all they have down there. They might, might as well rename their damn team after them. The <laughs> Houston ownership, GM, coach, uh, David Coley, and then uh, Nick Casario. They all came out and said that they have zero interest in trading Watson. Now, before we get into this. There's been a lot of players in the past that they say they've had no interest in trading. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was a part of that. Uh, you know, guys like, I mean, it's it's not atypical for, you know, a GM to tell to the media that they're not interested in trading a player to try to, you know, get, get other teams to try to persuade them to trade that player with the way they compensate them. Um, and then also, you know, there was some reports coming out saying that Watson wouldn't, uh, would hold out if it came to that 
Uh, and then, you know, his, his agent came out because someone was essentially like fake quoting him and he said that he didn't say that. So I don't know if he's implying that Watson would play or not, because really, in my opinion, that's the only thing, that's the only way that Watson gets traded is if he flat up says, I'm not playing anymore. Like I'm done playing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Of course, you know, he officially requests a trade, but, you know, ownership still has to, you know, ownership in the team still have to move him. And, oh, man, like you said, there's no motivation to to move him elsewhere because, I mean, he's on a long-term contract. He's their guy. He's their quarterback. And like you said, they don't have much else to hold on to at the moment. Really, the kind of whole rebuild that they're in currently is to build around for him. I mean, mm-hmm. it is kind of a long-term project and there's so much that plays into it. With, like the whole Bill O'Brien that, you know, he was such an awful coach and he messed <laughs> things up a, a lot. And Almost the organization as a whole has, ruined the team. <laughs> yeah. It, the organization as a whole has bungled a lot of things. It, it's going to be interesting. Cause I mean, this saga is far from over. I, I mean, I'm talking about that. Even if I would say it'd be early if we see him get traded by March, honestly, I think that yeah. would still be early. And like you said, I free think, agency. You mean by free agency, like by free agency, like March? Yeah, like in that period, you're right when things actually start to heat up. I mean, with Stafford, we very much got kind of the exception as far as getting a deal mm-hmm. done before the Super Bowl. I wouldn't expect nearly anything like that. I really think it would be around March where if they are actually serious about moving him then it'll get done around then and if ownership is truly if they mean what they say that they don't want to move him at all then we're definitely going to see if it's going to be a holdout you know we know how the whole Le'Veon Bell situation went it seemed like that went on for years even though it just it just drug out over a season this could be crazy honestly I mean we haven't really seen anything like this with a with a quarterback that he seems obviously very motivated to get out of there with an ownership that doesn't seem motivated to move him. There's just a lot going bad here on all fronts, honestly. See, here, here's the one question that I personally have, and it's, does Houston, if they, let's just say they say, okay, we're not trading him. We're really not going to trade him this year. In 2021, or sorry, 2022, that off season, is Deshaun Watson going to be worth anything less than he is now? And that answer is probably no. I don't think he would be. I think that he'd be worth almost exactly the same. And it almost benefits Houston, the Houston Texans to say, we're just going to wait this out. If he doesn't play, he doesn't play. Maybe we'll have a top pick in twenty. Uh, sorry, 2022. Uh, maybe we'll have our, uh, our top pick. And then, hey, we don't even need to worry about a quarterback because we like this guy coming out, Sam Howell, let's say, uh, and we can get him. So it almost might make sense to kind of do what, you know, what the Redskins did with uh, Trent Williams, uh, you know, what the Steelers did with Le'Veon Bell. Deshaun Watson has a lot to lose, unfortunately, if he does hold out, probably about $20 million, uh, which is, <laughs> that'd be enough to make me show up to work. I can reassure you that much. Yeah, I think that, it's real interesting because I kind of I kind of lost what I was gonna say to be honest, but something along the lines of I, I think Watson he's really in such a quandary and the team is in such a quandary, and I just okay there's benefits for him holding out you know, clearly mm-hmm. as far as him getting moved. The only thing that's really gonna decrease his value and, and that maybe holding out would be beneficial for him because if he doesn't hold out and he actually plays i mean that offensive line for the texans his whole career has been really bad he could get hurt it's it's not yeah exactly you know to cut to the to the the punch right there he's gonna get hurt and if he gets hurt yeah right there goes his value and then it becomes a lose-lose then the texans you know Maybe it's a bad injury. Maybe it's something like Alex Smith where he has to recover over a long period of time in his career. So he's going to be void from the team. They're probably going to have to be in a position where they have to draft a replacement at that point. And, Mm -hmm. you know, trading an injured player, I mean, that's like almost morally incorrect. You know, I I guess technically the Colts kind of did it with Peyton when he came back from that neck surgery. But it's just 
it, there's so much at play here. It can turn from a win-win situation for the Texans, and if he actually ends up playing and gets mm-hmm. hurt, then it's a lose-lose for both the player. It's it's really just a mess. I, I can't really emphasize that enough where just from the executive position and the player, there's so much at stake, and it really just does show how much leverage you know Watson does have within that team yeah. just because he is such an important player. It would... Apparently, from what I read, too, his guarantees could be voided by not showing up to camp. Like it, it's one of the, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're you know your quarterback is supposed to be the leader of your organization, you know, outside the coaching staff, outside the front office, your quarterback is supposed to be, you know, kind of the in between between the guys on the field and the front office and the head coach. He's kind of supposed to be right up with them, you know understanding Face what's going the on with franchise you know, exactly i mean say. exactly you talk about like a guy like uh you know what tom brady is doing right now in tampa bay he's right there with bruce arians i don't even know who their gm is i'm not gonna lie uh but anyways he's he's right there with them it's almost like a person it's like saying if your head co- it's almost as if your head coach says he doesn't want to coach for the team anymore you kind of got to just say, okay, <laughs> fine, like go. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if he gets traded, I think that he will be traded prior to free agency or at most prior to the draft. I can't see him getting traded right before the season or anything like that because it would almost, that that's, that's just it. You, you kind of have to make up your mind right now or at least before a free agency starts, if you're going to trade him or not. If, so, if he's a draft day deal, my head will explode. Like, first yeah, off, it would be the most exciting draft day of all time. But That'd be yeah, crazy. that would be crazy if they really waited that late. And if it took someone picking up the phone on draft day to get him to move, that I would be, I'd be shocked. Yeah. And honestly, I think that there is going to be a lot of, you know, teams that want him. But I also think like teams like the jets and the dolphins might not be as interested as people might think you know they're sitting pretty okay with their quarterback position i think that in the positions they're at they're more focused at other areas on the team but i think we're gonna have to see and i don't know that he would i don't i really really don't think he'd be traded within the afc i think that's insane yeah i mean it's possible i could see him being traded in conference definitely not in division like we saw with stafford um, as far as like teams that he'd want to play for, since he has that like no trade clause that he'd have to waive, mm-hmm. I, I don't see him wanting to play for the Jets. That just uh, it seems very mm-hmm. far fetched. Just since that you know organization is in its poor state, I know maybe it was you that brought it up to me that he does like the new head coach there. Apparently, and has had, yeah, said good things about him. I could see Miami possibly. I mean, that's a team that does have a lot of upside. Um, has been trending in the right direction. So that would make sense. And then after that, I think that really the 49ers bears and, and then, you know, I would say Colts, but they're not going to trade him to the Colts because that would just mm-hmm. be an idiotic move. There's really, there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested in picking up the phone, but at the same time, the amount of compensation you have to give him really kind of weeds out the, the maybes in the situation mm-hmm. to some probably I'd say four or five serious contenders. I feel like it's almost at the situation where you can't because the Texans will never get back what he's truly valued because it's just a franchise quarterback is un- invaluable. You know, it, it's impossible to really keep one of those guys. Like, it, it's impossible to, you know, get one of those guys. I think that ownership will, or at least management, will highly, highly prioritize sending him to the nfc i i'm gonna say it flat out right now he's not getting traded within the afc there's just no way in hell that'd be insane because then you could if everything goes right for your organization and you're able to build up a good like a really good team you might play deshaun watson in the playoffs and if he beats your team how the hell does that reflect on your organization? It looks insane. The the really in the past ten years, the only really good player that's been traded within conference has been uh, Laramie Tunsil, actually to the Texans, but he's an offensive lineman. 
you're you're never yeah. going to hear a storyline about an offensive line than beating another team. We're talking about a quarterback right now. So ultimately, I'm not uh, that interested in Watson. But the one thing that I did want to bring up, if I'm Ryan Pace at this point, I mean, there's there's not a whole bunch of options. We'll talk a little bit about some other options that could pop up in a little bit. But I'm right now, I'm eyeing trading up either to my, with Miami to that number three pick or with the Bengals for that number five pick because, you know, hey, at that number three pick, you know, Trevor's obviously going to be gone. Yeah, 100%. And then you then you get essentially the the leftovers between Zach Wilson uh, and what you'd presume would be Justin Fields. I don't think that's fully, like, completely for sure. I think that there is a lot of Trey Lance hype right now. I think he is a good quarterback. Uh, but you you essentially get you know a, a a good a good quarterback a quarterback that you can feel comfortable with with for the next four years. I think at this point, I feel that you know Lawrence Fields and Wilson. I think they're all going to be gone within the top five. Me too. And I, I've seen mock drafts that have Fields falling all the way to like four, and then Wilson getting picked at seven. No way. I don't see that working out at all. Uh, I think there's going to be so much demand. There's so much demand for quarterback within the league right now. There's so much demand within the draft that there's no way that that happens. And someone like Lance, he could get pushed up the board maybe all the way to the top 10, which is kind of crazy because I mm-hmm. didn't think that his value would be that high. But I think, you know, it's kind of it's what the market's calling for. You know, it's like if you're doing it like any kind of economics, the demand is so high and, you know, the supply is limited and it's just raising the value of all of all mm-hmm. these quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, the, these are good quarterbacks. And the, at the end of the day, that's the issue is that these are really good quarterbacks. Trey Lance as your worst quarterback is really, really good because I'll tell you a little something about Trey Lance. Look at everything Justin Fields does, Trey Lance does it better. Except he does it on the FCS level. He doesn't do it on the Power 5 level. You know what I'm saying? Trey Lance, he has such an insane quickness and feel for the game. I mean, the the man, the way... He kind of reminds me of Zach Wilson a little bit in the way that when he sees something, his processing to release is such a quick process that it's so hard for other teams to defend against. And he has he has many flaws, but I'll be the first one to say it. I've already started, you know, working on a little bit of film review for him for uh, a video that's going to be going up on the YouTube if you guys are interested in checking it out. He does he has so many good traits it's just going his biggest his biggest question mark is can he do it on the next level and also he only has one full year of film essentially that you can evaluate him on because he didn't play in 20 and 2020 but i'm telling you everything you look at justin fields and you like about him trey lance has that and better he just doesn't do it on the same level yeah, to kind of make those lateral lateral comparisons within the position, I think that you know a lot of people will initially want to say, "Oh, Trey Lance, he could be the next like Mahomes as far as potential wise." And mm-hmm. I hate those Mahomes comparisons because he's going to set an impossible benchmark. I mean, yeah, he is the the class quarterback for this next generation, a hundred percent, and that goes without saying. To me, he kind of has the decision making and ability of Kyler Murray in a way, but with a bigger mm-hmm. figure and a little bit slower of a release. Because, of course, Kyler Murray has like that lightning quick baseball release. And yeah. Trey Lance doesn't quite have that, but as far as his ability to make the quick decision to scramble out of the pocket or to find a, the, his next you know read or receiver, he kind of deciphers the game in the same way. His It's really interesting because I think... When people see Trey Lance, they try to kind of fit him into that same FCS or even like a D2 quarterback mold where they're like, he he doesn't have the good like mechanics or he doesn't have the good processing ability, but he's a really good athlete and he can throw the ball really far. And that's just not yeah. what Trey Lance is. Trey Lance is a completely different player than that. And he breaks the mold a lot. He's more like a Carson Wentz. And I know that's a bad comparison now, but Trey Lance has really clean mechanics. Like mechanically, 
He is very, very solid. He's, you know, I mean, really, this class has three really, really mechanically solid quarterbacks, and that's Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trey Lance, and then Zach Wilson, too, has pretty clean mechanics. What I worry about with Justin Fields, if we want to get into this, and where I think Justin Fields, real possibility he's the fourth quarterback taken out of the, out of this group. And I I need to dive more into, you know, the Ohio State Ryan Day scheme and everything, but he just, it seems like he is a much slower processor than the three guys that are also than are other mentioned in the top four. And that scares me a lot, especially with coming from someone like Mitchell Trubisky on their team, who that, that was really what killed him. Now I was reading more into the scheme and people were saying that Ohio state, they have, they do a lot of uh, like read, wider, read yeah, routes, wide, like yeah, wide receiver wide, options, basically, yeah. yeah, yeah, which delays his ability to anticipate throws and you know see and, and I and you know that could be that that definitely could be, but right now on the tape, what it shows is that it it seems like he latches onto receivers a lot, and it seems like he doesn't have the best anticipation definitely does not have the pocket feel that Trey Lance has that man can the man has eyes in the back of his head okay he has insane uh, an insane ability to feel pressure and also an insane runner best runner in the draft as far as a quarterback goes that's just what i worry a little bit about with Justin Fields though is you know he doesn't have the pocket awareness he when he feels pressure he can kind of make some mistakes when he, a lot of games where things aren't going his way he has trouble pulling himself through you know, things like that, that like say, hey, this guy has a ton of bust potential to him. But again, he could also be one of those guys. You know, I see him in a very similar light that when I was evaluating Watson, I saw because Watson also, you know, a lot of people were complaining about the same exact things with Watson, but he made them work. Okay. Yeah. I think that, you know, judging quarterbacks coming out of college can be very tough due to what schemes they play. And, you know, what I know about Justin Fields is that he wins. I do agree with your your rut comment. That's always been one of my main critiques. That when he's having a bad game, he's just flat out going to have a bad game. At the same time, he's going to have plenty of opportunity to work on his game and improve it. And he has all the intangibles to, to get it done. It's just some refining that needs to be cleaned up. Yeah. Honestly, at the end of the day, that's why I think if you just get up in that top four or even top five, I don't know if Atlanta will pick a quarterback if Miami doesn't want to move. They're probably going to be taking a guy like Penny Sewell uh, from Oregon, who's a top-of-the-line offensive tackle. Uh, man, you, you you don't really need to you, – you really don't need to worry about uh, – you, you can – I mean, they're all good quarterbacks, you know? It's yeah, kind of the sure. roll of the dice, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's really all I got to say about the draft. Yeah, no, I think we can move on to what's up next, talking about Carr and his potential yes, shooters. Yes, 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 yes. So apparently, uh, per Roto World, which is actually a fairly good source, and then a Raiders beat writer, multiple teams have been inquiring about Derek Carr. I think uh, this was a little bit of the writing on the wall type of situation. The Raiders brought in Marcus Mariota, um, Gruden seems to be a fan of him. He's going to be making like $10 million next year. The Raiders need to kind of make some cap space too. Uh, you know, they could cut Mariota or they could trade Derek Carr. You know, Derek Carr is a good quarterback, man. And he, sh- he showed that in 2020. I-, I think that he really was that t- borderline top 10 quarterback. Uh, situation kind of similar to Matthew Stafford some would probably say are you interested in this if you're if you're the Bears are you in on Derek Carr I'm in on him because I feel like you know he could potentially be the steal of the market I think as far as what output output you can get out of him what performance I, I mean you remember like the first second year of his career people were calling for Derek Carr to honestly be like the next big thing just with how Mm -hmm. hot he started his career and then he kind of ran into some more turnover issues some injuries that kind of just knocked him off of his game I think that maybe he can't get quite back up to the level that he 
you know, maybe hit early on in his career, but I think he can definitely, you know, be a good quarterback and he showed it in this past year. I think that I would definitely be interested. I think off the top of my head, I'd say that, you know, for Derek Carr, you're giving up a first and an asset or a some late change. round pick. Yeah, Honestly, some change, I'm it, sure. It cannot be, it's not going to be nearly as much as the Stafford Hall. I can tell you that. Yeah, I know. And it's, Honestly, it could be good bang for your buck. And when you're talking about a situation where, you know, in the short little video that I released on YouTube where maybe they don't want to commit to something as big as Watson because they don't know quite what they're going to do with Nagy and Pace, Carr seems like a, a good fit. And to me, a lot of people would say that it's going for, you know, the next best guy, you know, kind of that we did with Glennon and... Um, with mm-hmm. Foles, but at the same time, I think it's it's different. Derek Carr to me is better than each of those quarterbacks has shown it at a more consistent level over the force of a over the course of a season. I'm a, I'm gonna throw out a name out here as to kind of how I view Derek Carr potentially moving his team situation. I see this as a Carson Palmer situation. You know, he's a, he's a good quarterback. You know, he's he's he can win some playoff games. I believe. I don't know if he's he's never going to be, you know, the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's a good enough quarterback that you can say, "Hey, I've got a good quarterback. Don't even need to think about the position right now until, you know, maybe something, maybe we stumble upon a for, uh, you know, the top pick in the draft like kind of like the Colts did with Peyton Manning uh, the year Andrew Luck was coming out. Uh it would just be a solution too. It's another quarterback that you look at it and you say, Hey, don't need to worry about it. And also Derek Carr, man, he can be your quarterback for a lot longer of a time than Matthew Stafford is going to be able to be on the hundred percent. Yeah. He has uh, a lot, lot less mileage on him at this point. And I, I'd be totally interested in that. You know, some, I, the beat reporter was saying they could fetch two first round picks I don't believe that, man. I, I really don't. I, don't I think, think so. I think maybe you get a first and a and a second, or maybe a first and a future second. I don't know if you can quite get that two first round pick mark, but you know, who knows? It's, honestly, it's just because his his name hasn't been floated out there as much, and you know, I think he's a, a quality quarterback. There are some parts of his game that aren't perfect, like he he'll make some bad mistakes, you know, and mm-hmm. he's never been a perfect quarterback, but at the same time, I feel like he's, he's good enough to be a winner. You know, Definitely. he's good enough to when the team is playing well and the offense is in good shape. And if you give him, even if with the Raiders, he's kind of gone through having good weapons and then not having amazing weapons. So he's kind of been through it all. And he's someone that if you give him the targets, like he made Michael Crabtree look like an excellent receiver. Yeah, exactly. you know, you yeah. give him some decent weapons, he's going to be someone that's going to be able to to collect some good yardage and put you in some very favorable positions. So, yeah, you get someone like Carr, you start beefing up this offensive line, get a good tackle, add, you know, if they end up keeping A-Rob, you know, have A-Rob. If not, get another receiver that will get on later. But you get someone like Watkins in there potentially. I think he's someone that can work with Watkins. I think he's someone that could definitely work with someone like Corey Davis. But yeah, we'll get into that. And I think I think that someone someone like I've I believe giving him to someone like Matt Nagy could also make him look like such a better quarterback than he is now. Cause I don't think we ever quite saw Derek Carr become a better quarterback because John Gruden stepped in. He's always just kind of been the same guy. If you give him someone like Matt Nagy, who made Mitch Trubisky look like a half decent quarterback for you know, a couple of seasons, especially what he was doing with him at the end of the season when he was on pace for like 40 touchdowns. If he were to play the entire season, man, I just, I, I can't imagine that he would, uh, he would be any sort of bust. And he, that's really what I think the best thing about him is, is the sense of stability the Bears can have. He's going to be better than Cutler for sure. And look how long Cutler was around. But then, you know, uh, someone who's, not as optimistic, someone who's a little bit of a pessimist might say, hey, kind of having a quarterback that's not great, but good enough isn't, you know, the, is pretty bad in the NFL, you know? Yeah, and and I get that, you know, I, as, 
as much as I say it'd be great to have Derek Carr, 100%, the best thing would be the Bears get their long-term franchise quarterback, whether it be Watson or through the draft, and that it's their quarterback for 15 years. 100%. Mm-hmm. If that is between having Derek Carr and having that, I will take that. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we also have to be realistic and, you know, we don't know exactly what the ownership's mentality is. We don't know exactly what Pace's mentality is. We can make good predictions and good guesses. But we're working all through hypotheticals here. And what goes through my head is that having Derek Carr on this team would overall be a good thing. And that, you know, the step up in the offense that we could see, Carr's football IQ is a lot better than Mitch's. I'll just throw <laughs> that sure. out there. And he's got the the arm and everything to go with it. So that's all I'll say. Yeah, no, I think that he could win us a couple of playoff games. I think he could get to the Super Bowl. I think you put a good enough team around Derek Carr, he go he can go to the Super Bowl. I, I mean, think so. that year yeah. he got he what did he break his leg? I mean, that team looked like they were gonna gonna go to the Super Bowl. They were amazing, weren't they? Like fifteen and one? No, they weren't fifteen and one. What were they? They're like thirteen and two or thirteen and three. Thirteen and three, something like that. Yeah, they they definitely won the division that year. I I think they kind of flamed out in the playoffs, but. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, I mean, I I think that we could recreate that with Derek Carr. You know, his big. I think the biggest his biggest issue as a quarterback so far has been the shitty positions his defense have left him in. I mean, he constantly has to essentially outscore teams, which sucks as a quarterback. Similar to kind of what Matt uh, Matthew Stafford was doing as well. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, I mean, man, this is going to be a lot of free agency talk. Uh, the Bears are supposedly showing interest in Kenny Galladay, Sammy Watkins, and Corey Davis. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start off right now. Uh, reactions, man, I would be all for Kenny Galladay coming here. I think that he, you know, I'm going to get a lot, of, a lot of hate for this, but I think that he can definitely become a better wide receiver than Allen Robinson. Uh, he, his, he's more physically dominant. Uh, physically imposing uh he's he's got i i feel like he's a more explosive player too uh, even though he is bigger sammy watkins another explosive option he's gonna get a, a a pretty cheap contract actually i think it makes a lot of sense the bears were rumored to be in on him back before he signed with kansas city and then Corey davis i think that if you can get the duo of Corey davis and sammy watkins as together, I think that would be a pretty good wide receiver core, and one with a lot of op- upside. You know, it's it's not you're not concentrating all your money into Kenny Galladay, but maybe going you know spreading it over the two contracts of Corey Davis and Sammy Watkins. I think that could be you know a, a real great option for the Bears. Sammy Watkins though has a lot of injury history, by the way. Yeah, it, I would be correct in saying that Sammy Watkins is definitely gonna be the cheapest of this bunch, right? Because I know he's currently on a $9 million contract right now. Um, You know, didn't put up the greatest numbers. Of course, in Kansas City, he's not really needed. He's like one of like six receivers that can, (laughs) you know, be a threat on that team, which isn't a knock on him at all. They just have so many weapons. And I I think that, you know, maybe he ends up getting, what, a 10-ish, 11, $12 million contract. I think that's like, I think Corey Davis is more in that range. I think Sammy is probably going to be like seven to nine, I would say. Okay. I was going to say Corey Davis was at least like a 12 to 15 possible He could player. get up and to 15 depending on, you know, was, you never know with these guys. These guys I mean, he's put up skyrocket. Some, even in this past year where he had a couple setbacks, he put up close to 1,000 yards. Um, and, he's, and he's huge. He's physically imposing. Yeah. And he also has to split catches with players like A.J. Brown. There's other targets on that team, so he's not even the main focal point. I think he would also be a great pickup. Kenny Galladay, I'm with you. I mean, I got to see him play at NIU. I think that, you know, he has anything, everything that you want, like that jump ball receiver. He has a great instinct for the ball. He comes with some pretty miraculous catches through traffic. You know, people will like the possession, you know, part of receiving that Allen Robinson brings. You know, a lot of those pro football focus PFF things that they put up there where Allen Robinson always has the best score. You know, one of the guys that's right up there with him is Kenny Galladay usually. Um, I think that Kenny Galladay and Corey Davis are certainly, you know, the best possible pickups there. I could see them, you know, maybe not getting them because they would cost a bit more. But if you let Robinson walk, then you're, you know, have some space to work with. At the very least, if you end up with someone like Sammy Watkins for whoever's going to be a quarterback, 
as long as he can stay on the field, which is a bit of an if, I will admit that. But if he can stay on the field, he's definitely going to be an asset. And you bring in also keeping people like Mooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they keep someone like Graham, they're going to have a, a decent amount to work with. Hopefully they could bring in a, a couple more receivers. If they could do the Corey Davis and Sammy Watkins, I mean, excellent. That's but money. I that, feel like that's that might be a little dreaming, a little bit. That could, that could be a little bit. It, it really is going to depend how concerned people are with Sammy Watkins' injury history because it is very vast. Corey Davis, really good player. Uh, you know, Kenny Galladay, I think that he's going to be right up there with Allen Robinson contract numbers. But I can see how teams view him as a better value than someone like Allen Robinson. I just, I feel with Allen Robinson, you don't get anything spectacular. Uh, you know, yeah, I just, I've point. never, I've never felt, I've never felt Allen Robinson has ever been that game breaker. Whereas I feel like Kenny Galladay, man, if you put him on a team that's actually good and not the Lions, it, it's almost unimaginable how good he could potentially become. Yeah, he reminds me of a receiver like Vincent Jackson, honestly, mm-hmm. back in the day with the Chargers that just has that great instinct on the ball. And it doesn't matter if he's double covered. If it's a jump ball, he's going to end up coming away with it. He's a, He would be the closest thing to Brandon Marshall that we would have had, you know, yeah, closest thing. True. Um, and, and those kind of receivers yeah. are a quarterback's friend, honestly, where you can throw it up there and... He's Especially a young quarterback, a young quarterback yeah, too. Certainly. All right, so let's just uh, keep rolling it out. JJ Watt, he potentially could be released or traded this off season. Uh, he doesn't seem to be happy in Houston either. He's already told the he already told Houston he doesn't even want to talk about a new contract with them. Uh, so it it's it just might make sense for them where their franchise is heading for them to just let him go. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him potentially coming to Chicago. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. He does actually live in Chicago um, when he's not obviously on the Texans. Loves uh, Portillo's. <laughs> loves Portillo's. Loves Chicago pizza. Uh, his wife is a professional athlete in Chicago. For those of you who don't know, that she's on the women's soccer team. What is it? The Red Stars. The Red Stars. Yep. Yeah. So don't don't they actually play at Soldier Field too? I think they do. Uh, they may, may or may not. Not hundred percent sure. I know they're usually pretty good, though. So yeah, they, I think they're they are known to be pretty good in uh, in women's um, women's soccer. Um, but you know, so he actually would have a lot of interest in coming to the Bears just solely for that reason. He also talks about how much he loves the city, uh, how much he actually uh, respects the franchise. He's talked about it pretty extensively on Twitter. Uh, it th- it seems like it would make a lot of sense from his perspective to come to the Bears. A lot of Bears fans are saying, "Hey, maybe wouldn't make a whole bunch of sense from the Bears' perspective." I think it would. I think adding JJ Watt, if you get a, if you get a if you get a veteran quarterback, that's that's my one thing. If you get a veteran quarterback, I think adding in JJ Watt, uh, you know, obviously he would play the same position that Robert Quinn plays, uh, presumably in our offense or in our defense. But maybe he can go ahead and, and you can throw him inside, uh, play a little bit of D end in the four three, or uh, sorry in the three four, uh, which is you know a different position than the D end in the four three. Uh, we don't need to get into that, but may, maybe kind of move him around the line. You know he'd get you more production than Robert Quinn. Uh, just adding another pass rush element. I mean someone that JJ Watt, while he is consistently injured and not getting any younger. He is still a very productive player and a very dominant player. Yeah, I think he'd be an intriguing pickup for the Bears. I, I do think there's a possibility that he could get moved with Watson, that he could end up being part of that. You know, I don't want to necessarily get into that too much. But as far as the fit for the Bears, I could see him, you know, fitting in well. I think he complements Mac in a decent way they both like to power rush and and utilize their strength but they each kind of bring in their own wrinkle and of course with jj watt you're gonna get those crazy good pass deflections which you know honestly that can really kill the momentum for a quarterback to have it constantly knocked down at the ground we've seen him kind of score a couple miraculous you know pick sixes he he's just he's one hell of a football player what you know his talents extend beyond the defensive line all of famer for sure yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. He's been stuck on some bad teams, and his interest should be outside of Houston. It's a team that's trending downward, and he's at the part of his career where if he wants to win anything, he kind of needs to you know, find that winning team and join it. 
uh, you know, I think that at the right cost and as someone that kind of comes on, I don't think he's going to be an every down player at all, but he'd be a mm-hmm. heck of a person to be able to roll out there on third down or, you know, some certain strategical situations like a second down or, you know, certain situations where they know that his attributes are going to play in well. So, you know, he's also a good run stopper, but, you know, pass heavy situations, he's going to be a good person to have around. So if you're able to get him on a decent contract he's certainly not in the prime of his career he's probably going to need to a, a decent amount of money but nothing crazy it'd be a it'd be at least be something fun to talk about it, it's exciting you know it'd be cool to have i think he'd actually take a lower contract to be in chicago um it would just make sense given his current you know living in chicago make it a lot more convenient other people are saying it might make sense for him to go to the packers that could make sense too. You know, I think right. that he could be good with Zadarius Smith. Uh, I don't know if the Packers would be all that interested in that personally. Uh, they don't seem to be all in all that big of a rush to win a championship. Uh, but by the way, also, I want to give a quick shout out to Brian Gutekunst, who says he has no regrets on drafting <laughs> Jordan Love, which is just the most comic, comically terrible statement I've ever heard. Uh, and man, once Aaron Rodgers leaves that building, they are going to have a mess on their hands. Uh, but anyways, with JJ Watt, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be a good ad. And the last thing that I want to add with that is that I think what would be so beneficial for him is that you could potentially take Mac or Quinn off the field more frequently yes. to, to get them to rest up and get fresher pass rushers. It would be pretty It'd be pretty nice, truthfully. It'd be pretty nice. Yeah, and that's kind of the luxury that you know the Eagles had when they won their Super Bowl was that they're mm-hmm. constantly rotating those defensive linemen and keeping them fresh. But we will transition into our final topic. No need to wear J.J. Watt out. We're going to get into the absolutely exciting, you know, the next best thing at quarterback, Mac Jones, you know, the Alabama quarterback. Uh, a lot of links with the Bears. I, I've certainly seen it a lot. He's garnered a lot of attention. Uh, you know what? I'm just never going to be that excited by him. I, admittedly, I do need to check out more tape. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the man won at Alabama. But it's just so hard to tell because Saban has everything down to such a science there. It's just how mm-hmm. much stock do you really put into what he was actually contributing when every quarterback that comes through there ends up winning national championships with them. And they've all had kind of mixed success in the NFL. Man, um, I'm going to be honest. If we draft Mac Jones, this is going to be the big, though, like the worst ending to the 2021 free, like, like free agency off season draft. It's going to be terrible. I'm going to be pissed if yeah. I'm being complete. I don't know if I could do this podcast next year. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. I would I mean we'd obviously still do it. Wouldn't be excited to be talking about Mac Jones out there throwing to Sammy Watkins or whoever is going to be on this team. Uh I think the bigger issue with Mac Jones goes, you know, obviously I don't like that he's like a statue in the pocket. Uh yeah. that that's terrible. I after seeing Nick Foles back there especially with this offensive line, I just feel like you could not get a quarterback like that. Um, I Honestly, I think I'd rather see Ian Book back there than Mac Jones. I, I'd be more interested in it, in it at least. Um, but I think what I, I, what I would <laughs> what I would be most disappointed in is the fact that I would just feel like it was another phone it in off season where it's like, you know, we're just going to take what comes to us and that's it. I would just, yeah. I'd feel like it'd be the same old, same old. And in that moment, if we draft Mac Jones, I'm going to feel like keeping Ryan Pace was the wrong move. Yeah. You know, I think it would kind of bring out the same reaction that some people have with the Desay hiring, which I do think is a good move, but it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's not exciting. You know, Mac Jones very much isn't the exciting quarterback. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there that maybe have more special features. And, you know, Mac Jones is kind of a little bit more the jack of all trades kind of guy. It doesn't have that mobility. With that being said, I, you know, he could definitely develop into a good quarterback, but that kind of hits my point. I don't think that Mac Jones at, in any capacity is ready to be an NFL starter next year. He's certainly not. If you're going to draft him, I think he needs to definitely be sitting to develop. 
uh, you know, it's it'd be a tough pill to swallow. I could at least buy in and be happy that they finally drafted a quarterback and at least are trying to do some kind of quarterback development. But he's really, you know, one of my last choices. If they were in a position where they are considering picking Mac Jones, I'd want them to pick the best player available at that position or not at that position at that, you know, draft position mm-hmm. and trade down. Maybe look at someone like Jamie Newman. That's going to be available later around. Like you said, maybe someone like Ian book, because I think that it just kind of falls into the same vein of what that project would be. It's just, it's not inspiring. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be the person that leads this bears team to the promised land. I could be very wrong though. At the same time, like I said, judging these, these quarterbacks can be, can be tough. It's not going to sell seats. <laughs> I'm just yeah, kidding. The, the Bears not, will always sell seats. Maybe not too many seats, jerseys but, either. <laughs> but if, 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 yeah, I can't imagine we'd see too many Jones jerseys. I'd almost rather us not even draft a quarterback at that point and just say, you know what, we're going to roll this back with Foles and we're going to take the high draft pick next year. <laughs> that, that, that's truthfully the, the position I'd be at. Yeah, uh, you know. I don't think there's too much to say for him right now. I think I'll definitely go and watch tape. And, you know, I'm sure the potential of having Nick Foles or Trubisky at quarterback next year makes everyone excited. But, you know, I'd say, (laughs) especially for someone like Foles, you can never, never rule that out. And, you know, I don't know if you have too much else to say, but I was definitely going to say that at least this this offseason is going to be a journey. Uh, It already has been already. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys are constantly tuning in to stay updated because we're going to have a lot of this to get into. I think that, you know, there's really so much more that we can get into with this offseason, you know, even compared to the last one, especially Mm -hmm. where we're at in the offseason right now. So, yeah, make sure you guys are staying tuned because we're going to keep you guys as updated as possible and giving you guys, you know, our somewhat well thought out opinions. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Once again, uh, it's been a very eventful off season uh and we did we didn't even talk about the super bowl give your give your super bowl pick real quick you know what i'm gonna go against the grain i'm a i'm a pull for tom brady in this Ooh. one i'm gonna go for the buccaneers i i think it's gonna be kansas city i think that you know i think patrick mahomes is gonna go ahead and whoop bruce arian's ass and send him all the way back to tampa you know what he's going back to arizona he's not even going back to tampa so <laughs> thank you guys so much uh going to be an interesting off season. Uh, Enjoy the Super Bowl and bear down. Bear down.